am Terry here alongside Forrest Tucker. You know, we're missing one. Trey Martin, we love you. We miss you. We're thinking about you. However, the show must go on. This is season four, episode one. Forrest, how you feeling? Good, man. I always feel more relaxed when we do this on my couch for some reason. I like it. It's, it's, it's just better vibes. Yeah, do we got so, some, yeah comfy cushions here. Comfy yeah, cushions here. It's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. But, uh, man, TC, it's, it's season four. You know, it, we... We've been getting our groove with the content recently, and you know we're we're trying to keep it moving to another level. Nothing like too huge, uh, but trying trying to keep it on the up and up this season. So I mean, like you know, we we, we learned a lot in the past year and a half. I think it's been something like that. We yep. three, three 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 seasons, about a year and a half. So what what's what's been your like biggest takeaway from all this? What, what do you what have we learned about soccer? I mean, what haven't we learned about soccer would be would allow me to have a much smaller answer. But I don't know. I mean, just soccer is just it's my life at this point. Like, I know that sounds kind of like weird to say, but it really is just like I base my schedules, you know, off soccer or whatnot. But it's just really showed me how much I really love the game. At the end of the day, I mean, I spent all my time watching soccer, studying soccer, reading tweets about soccer. I mean, but honestly, at the end of the day, I love it. I love what I do. And I love talking about soccer with you and Trey and all that. What about you? Yeah, I think we've been able to get into like just uh, topics that aren't as, I'm not going to say feel good, but they're not as easy to talk about. And we probably couldn't have done that a year and a half ago. I don't think we were prepared to do that. But we've become a lot more disciplined in how we research stuff and how we talk about stuff beforehand. So that's really good. And I I think that we've gotten better at following it. So every time, you know, we were really busy back when we first started it. And we're busy now, but I think we just manage our time better. And we can can give the fans content that is always, like, always really good. And we don't post every week. But – when we do post, I think we always have, like, worthwhile topics to talk about. And the fans have been supportive, man. The numbers are up, and we're happy about that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We're always happy to have you, the fans, listen to us. And quite frankly, you know, CLTL, we've come a long way. We we feel like that we kind of have things down. You know, we kind of know what we're doing now. And honestly, I'm happy about that. But enough of that. Let's take a little blast in the past because me and Forrest, we're going to talk about a lot of things that you probably haven't heard of in a minute. But once we mention it, it's, we're going to see the light bulb cut on in each of one of be, your heads. Yeah. Old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Forrest, lead us in to what you want to talk about first because we have a few things. But Yeah, we, we have a lot of stuff and it's kind of – we were talking before. It's a bit of a jumbled mess but I think it makes sense because we've realized that a lot of these things happened around the same time and as we've learned more about marketing and how things work with promotion, it makes a lot of sense in our brains now. But anyways, I guys, I was thinking back. I wanted to talk about this for a while. You know, what were the big moments with soccer apparel and boots and soccer balls and all the other stuff that you remember as a kid when you're growing up playing? And I think I remember my first cleats I had that I remember were Predators in the T90s. And Wayne Rooney wore the T90s back in the day. That was his thing. I think he scored his, like, bicycle kick against City in in Mm -hmm. the T90s. And then, like, Predators um, were... 
a boot that Adidas had. It was their staple and all that. So they had that going on. And really, um, just like, that was my first impression of boots. And then we had, a couple years later, the Magistas come out. And it, they were, and like, I think everyone lost their shit. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. I think we're like, wait, these aren't even leather. They're like, they're, they're fabric. They're like, they're knitted together. Like how, like it was crazy. And we're like, how can this even happen? You got people saying like, oh, these suck. They're ripping on me. Like, oh, these are really comfy. And that's the thing. When you're like in a small little cohort, small little group, and you're, um, talking to people and you all play soccer and it's like, you're all bugging out. Like we yeah. were all bugging out about this stuff. So we're thinking like cleats that aren't actually cleats. Like these are more like socks, you know yeah, what I'm Like saying? slip-ons in a way. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like the, those Balenciaga shoes that are yeah. like the socks, you know, the Cardi B lyric. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one. And so that's what we were thinking about then. We was like, man, what, what is this stuff? Uh, and then, sooner after there were knit boots that had no laces and mm. I had tried them on once or twice and I was just thinking like how like did and, and they felt pretty good but I think those boots have a lot less integrity than other cleats did which you know was unfortunate they look really cool but I think like you really um I think you always saw people that had them do you wear laceless boots now no I don't but I will say this I think the laceless boots really um, gave us a look into how boots, laceless or not laceless, or knit or not knit, should be made. Because um, those had a really good form-fitting element to them. Mm. And I think that now the boots I wear, I wear Adidas X's, yep. that are not the new ones, but the ones before, like the last ones with um, the laces before. Actually, well, the newest of laces, but they... Mm. They were like I forget what they were because Adidas had that weird numbering system after. Yeah. So like they have like little dots on them. I'll put it that way. People know what I'm talking about. Um, and like those really fit my feet well. And I think that's really dope. Is that that kind of changed the technology Adidas was looking at? I believe, and probably was Nike too. Like how do we fit these boots to people's feet better mm. and not have them be like just one shape? And, and I, I, enjoy, I appreciated that because that was, man. like, really good. And something that funny, something that is funny that just popped up in my mind. I know that we're talking about all this boot technology, laceless, not laceless, et cetera, et cetera. But what popped in my mind is just Tony Cruz sitting in a locker room cleaning off his old boots from, like, 20. Yeah, he wore the same like, 11 pros. I yeah, mean, like, yeah. That's, that's crazy to me. But, I mean, that just, like, signifies, like, why one needs to pick the right boot because you mm-hmm. could very well end up like a Tony Cruz where like you have to have this boot or else you're not going to play well and it's kind of like a mental thing. Are you like that for us? Do you have a certain boot that you necessarily need or um, like? Oh. I, mean, I only have two pairs. I remember like I mentioned having T90s and yeah. they were in my uh, garage at my parents house for a good minute and mm-hmm. I just dusted them off one day and I just like for some reason I played better in my backyard when I had them on and I think that's the thing is that uh, when Magista came out I never had the knits but I had the low cut ones and I liked those but I don't think I've ever really liked the cleat more than those X's yeah. um, those, and I think it really those Magista cleats are really narrow and while like I wasn't the best player back then with them on I think that 
if I had a cleat like the X's back then that just didn't like those boots don't feel like they're on my feet. Mm-hmm. They have so much space in them where it's not like I'm floating in them, yeah. but it's like I don't have to. I, I, I tie my laces really tight, but I don't feel like they're on my feet. Those old cleats were really narrow, and I felt like my feet were getting wedged together. And the same thing, like I had CTR 360s, yeah, um, and those were all right, but you know the shape of a cleat to your foot is really a big deal. And yeah. I think that those earlier boots I had didn't do well enough. But um, you know when you have a cleat that like really, I think the big thing for me is having a flat surface right. Uh, behind your toes yeah. mm-hmm. where you can bring the ball down and a flat surface on your toes if you have one with like ridges and stuff where it's just not that you know it, it's really clunky mm-hmm. then I, I don't really like that um, so I, I'm happy with the cleats I have now yeah. that's a good question though and I think aesthetically those uh, the predators the ones with like it kind of looked like black and white like cheetah print those were the predators correct I think so. Yeah. Is that about new ones or something? No, the old ones. They were like around like 2014, 2015 ish. It was like they had a blue line and it was, uh, it looked like black and white cheetah print. Those aesthetically were some of my favorite boots of all time. Like it seemed like everyone was wearing them. You go to a high school soccer game, people wear them. College soccer game, people wear them. Pro game, people wear them. And I think uh, Messi, I think Messi had an ad for them back in 2014 as well. And I personally, I, those are some of my favorite boots ever. But, I can't uh, find them on Twitter I, I want, or on uh, internet. Because they're not new. This That style that I'm talking about isn't new. And it just popped in my head too. But I do think that uh, aesthetically and visually, mm-hmm. those are some of the best boots I've yeah, ever Yeah, I think seen. definitely we've seen our fair share of boots that really do look nice. Um I remember when the Mercurial Vapors came mm-hmm. out, yeah. the Fireberry and Bright Green Nike swooshes, and then you had the ones that were, what were they? They were, uh, they were called Sunset. Mm-hmm. They're orange and yellow. Um, and those were just like two really wild color, color streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just thinking like, what are these? I mean, yeah. those look awesome. Those look electric. And then I think I'd maybe much more like the CTR 360s. I liked them because they had like the, Pass pads on the on the insides, yeah. Which I thought made me like my touch better, but it probably didn't. Like it probably just <laughs> a gimmick. But so that that was the thing. Like I remember just boots back in the day, um, in that twenty ten to twenty fourteen time frame. I think that sounds about right. That was a time where I was getting back into playing soccer, and it definitely helped that there were so many. Like boots were coming out left and right back then. I yeah, don't think it's sure. the same now. And yeah. maybe it's because we're older, but the excitement for me with new cleats really isn't as much because I just have one pair I use. So I don't know. But good times then. But yeah. mentioning 2010 to 2014, Terry, what were some other things that um, you're, you remember from that time frame well, being I know, really impactful with like soccer apparel and stuff? Well, I know beforehand you mentioned like marketing and I feel like a lot of that has to do with like some of the commercials that were coming out. And ads that like Nike and Adidas would put on YouTube and just like a time period that me and you were specifically talking about was around 2014 around the Brazil World Cup time and there were just so many ads being released and quite frankly it was pretty easy for like Nike and like Beats headphones to make ads because you know Neymar was kind of the guy Neymar was expected to take Brazil to win the World Cup and whatnot. So you could easily like base all your ads off of him. And yeah. that's really what they did. And a lot of the ads are really good. Like, uh, what's the one with, um, 
all the animated characters. I know Ronaldo was in it. Uh, it was a Nike ad. Yeah, Nike it, ad. It, it, it was, I don't know the exact name of it, but it was basically just these Nike players. Um, I remember that the still was them looking over Rio. Yeah. And that yeah. was really cool. Uh, and, and that's the thing, though. I mean, you could, we're not going to do a case study here, but you could, Neymar was one, young. Two, kind of like a rebel in a sense. He was this flashy guy. Just had moved to Barcelona. Yeah, just moved to Barcelona, playing with Messi and Suarez. He had still the haircut. I remember there was an article about him where, you know, (laughs) the the author said, Neymar is the guy you don't want your daughter to date or something (laughs) like that. So it was it was just one of those things where you you saw this guy and his marketing appeal was insane and he was all the rage and so even the average guy on the street in this country knew about Neymar and you kind of think that that contributed to his rise in a sense at least in my opinion and so again I'm saying we're not, we're not going to do a case study but but pretty much he was a poster boy that everybody had on their walls. Around that time frame, oh, and it was like they the, the narrative of him bringing the World Cup home to Brazil in Brazil was just so was just was was just so popular and so polarizing for people um, because they like felt so passionate about it. Yeah. I guess polarizing is yeah. the white word. The story, right, right was, yeah, the story was there. It literally yeah. just needed a business or some creative people to just put it on a screen. Yeah, and that's what we saw them do. Like the the beats, the beats ad we just watched was five minutes long, but it really didn't feel like five minutes. It, it was it was a really it was a really well thought out video. So if, if no one's watched that yet, there's a there's a beats just Google beats twenty fourteen World mm-hmm. Cup ad, um, and it features you know other people. But I think the what was really good then was that international stars like Ronaldo were able to not Ronaldo sorry Neymar but still Ronaldo still Messi yep. were able to get fans back here interested along with people in the U.S. team as well. And that was kind of like, I think for a lot of people um, and a lot of teens my age and our age at that moment, that was a big moment for us because we were, we've been liking soccer for a good while and other people were paying attention. And at the same time, um, we were getting content just out the wazoo for us to consume. We were going crazy with it. I mean, I remember just like all this stuff was insane. Um, and you, you yeah. had you just it was like it was almost too much. <laughs> had more anticipation for the release of a commercial more than the actual World Cup sometimes. Yeah, and I think the, the fanfare around like people. I remember back then, you know, you would so many boots would come out, mm. um, and so every I didn't get new boots a lot, but other people did, and so that was the thing. And that was, soccer was making its way into a niche category on Instagram too. I remember there were. This page called Soccer Memes. This kid from like Long Island or Queens, New York, Edgar Carpio, had made the page, and he was like the OG soccer memes. Mm-hmm. This that that was the OG thing, um, and so it was really it was really interesting. Like it was really dope, a really dope time. Um, but what about kids though, Terry? What I remember Nike came out with the really you know, the cool technology where they had the. Uh, Little like kind of vent things on the side or something. Yeah. Nike was on their game with kits, and and I think I've said, always said Adidas nowadays has better kits, but I think kits back then were really really awesome compared to how they were now. I do like I don't know what it is about some of their older kits, but a lot of them just look like vintage now, and there's just a lot of like kit styles that just aren't like applicable now. I know one one certain style is that the kits were like baggier. That's something that doesn't happen now. 
I know that there's certain kits that I used to like with uh, collars on them. I used I, you don't see collars on anymore. Do yeah, you, you don't see collars yeah. really at didn't all. The, didn't the U.S. white kit have a collar? I believe it did. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I know that Brazil had a kit not too long ago that had a collar. But yeah, it, like, it wasn't. A, it, I don't think it was. It was kind of like a button. It was like a. Yeah. It was like if you got a collar shirt, you flip the collar up. Yeah. Kind of like that. And that's something I kind of miss because I know that we talked about like fashion before, but just like, hey, if, if the shirt has a collar on it, I feel like it's more applicable for someone to just like wear casually but that's but yeah, that's yeah, is a certain sure, style sure. that you really don't see anymore i remember people getting really up in arms about whether they like the that rocket pop us kit and i actually have one of those i mean that that was i, I like that one but it's definitely interesting to th- th- and maybe we're fixated so much on this because this was the last world cup we were in mm-hmm. but to think that now the chance for 2022 to be that plus so much more is great, especially for this country now with young talent we have. So it's really, it'll be interesting. But I also think that because of COVID, there hasn't been as many opportunities as we've seen prior for advertisement to really uh, take off on something because yeah. soccer's been behind closed doors. So maybe when we're on the other side of this, we'll see just stuff ramp up like crazy. Um, if, you know, I assume yeah. Adidas and Nike have gotten a lot more money around but also the landscape's changed you know we watched uh one of those videos it was it was the beats one and we mm. saw Sydney larue in that video and i don't think we saw alex morgan we didn't see a lot of women players but now i mean you're gonna have to include everyone not saying that's a bad thing but you, the mix of players that you're going to have to have into these commercials is going to be nuts now. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I really don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of ads for the World Cup in 2022. Just as you mentioned, like COVID and things. But I'm really looking forward to like 2026 because yeah. it's going to be a North American thing. U.S., Canada, Mexico. And I just feel like that there are going to be some players then, well, in the future, I think will be rising stars that I feel like you could take that same like Neymar story of, hey, here's a young guy who could potentially take his country to World Cup glory. And I feel like you could find an American or a Mexican player that you could do the same thing with. So I'm really looking forward to the ads in 2026. I don't really have very much high expectations in 2022. But yeah, expect to see a lot of different like different people included in these commercials as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think marketing is going to get a lot more diverse and everything, and that's that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. it's really it's really nice just because I think most people are watching more than just one or two leagues now. They're keeping up with women's leagues, or keeping up with MLS, or keeping up with a lot of other stuff. Exactly. Uh, and it does depend on where you live, but at the same time, it's definitely one of those really cool phenomenons where. I think people are supporting more or they're supporting more in the sense of just farther and wider. So what, what else did we not mention anything we talked about before we Oh, we play? did talk about uh, the balls too. Yeah, the ball. I mean, Brazuka and, and I think we're, we're making a case here that 2014 was just like the golden age of soccer. It was. Um, it was. <laughs> as far as our lives so far. The Brazuka was a ball that you could find no flaws That's with. It. Yeah. And, and I think around that time people were really, really intent on finding a real one because you had ones that were lower model, but the real one cost about, I don't know, want to say it was over 100, but it was a pretty expensive ball just because it was, mm-hmm. it had the grooves on it, the ridges, like it yeah. was a little kind of um, 
Yeah, just, just ribs. Yeah, the bazooka pretty much sums up 2014. It, like for us, like the best era of soccer thus yeah. far. Like bazooka, the best. that's the that's the tweet. That is literally the tweet. Like I, there have been a lot of great balls out there that have been uh, introduced, but like the bazooka takes the cake in my opinion. The yeah, hype around that. Elite, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Well, Adidas had to come back from the Jabulani, I think is how you say it. That that South Africa World Cup ball that people were like, this sucked. Yeah. Um. So Adidas did their thing, and the 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 design on it was so Brazil, man. It had the, exactly. the green and the blue and the orange. Came to it was just so it was crazy. It's like, what is this ball? Um. And you know, Adidas has transitioned to kind of more geometric shapes now on their balls. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's kind of interesting just how that – like it just stands alone and For everything sure. like that. But Adidas has been pretty solid in, in what they've made since that really terrible ball from South Africa, which, which, which is good. And then I think Nike balls are kind of hit or miss. But um, I remember they came out, Nike, with – you know, like the the latest Premier League balls, like, I think it's called Merlin or something. Yeah, something I, I, like that. Something like that. Um, I don't know why you name your ball a name like that. But anyways, they've their their game has been solid. Uh, but the one thing is the balls I was enamored with when I first started watching Premier League um, were the the high vis balls, the balls that were yellow. Those balls were awesome, and so I, I remember like loving those because they had just cooler designs and everything and. My favorite one was the one that had like the different. Um, it was like a triangle, and uh, I don't really how to put the that could describe those shapes. But actually, I have a mini ball in my room that is like the Premier League ball from yeah. that season, um, and it looks like that. And and it was like it, it was awesome. So I remember those really well. Those were really cool. And at the same time, actually, Terry's to get on another like early two thousand tens related soccer topic. You had. Just so much content coming out from Nike mm-hmm. with the Nike Academy too, and then you had all their you had so many commercials. Like every week, it seemed like they were dropping new stuff. Yeah, I mean those ads were honestly elite. Like me and Forrest, like before we started recording, we were looking at all the ads, and some of them, like I didn't even remember. I mean, you, they really emphasized the use of Ronaldo. Well, Nike did Ronaldo, Rooney. Nate, you saw everyone, and honestly, I really do like miss that age, and I know that. Me and Forrest being nostalgic blasts in the past 2014, like seven years ago now. Yeah, I mean, it's, eight, yeah, yeah, eight years so, ago for sure. So honestly, I just, I just miss that age of soccer ads all the time. You could, I could sit, I would sit on YouTube sometimes. Yeah, and you just could just scroll, watch ads. Yeah, just scroll through all the ads, and a lot of them were really good and really creative. And that's just something that that we don't get nowadays. But yeah, was, it's really difficult. I think like it's, it is a shame because. Right now, I don't know what the younger kids are consuming, but I feel like mm-hmm. it's more like they're going on TikTok or Instagram yeah. and doing stuff. And I feel like you – I don't know if I can really get on board with that. And and I'm saying that as you know, uh, someone who's older now, but I don't know if I get on board with going on TikTok to watch soccer stuff. Yeah. Um, and maybe YouTube just isn't the medium anymore. I don't maybe. think it is. Like we looked at we looked at Nike and Adidas like they, they're not posting on YouTube a lot. Yeah. I feel like that's not where maybe like quick like what you said like TikTok quick short videos get people's attentions and then they're gone. But yeah, and that's and I, 
I like I like sitting down and watch that stuff because it was cool long. It was like not long form, but it was stuff where you could look forward to it every week. I remember Adidas Game Day Plus around Champions League. Oh yeah, you yeah. had them going around that, and of course, like this was it's was probably 2016, 2017, 2015. Mm, I yeah, think. not as long as like yeah, yeah, for sure. You had Roman Kemp, who's a radio host in England, go around to all these different clubs. Remember the first one I watched? He went to FC Basel in Switzerland, I think. Mm. I think in Switzerland. And he had two of the players. He's like, I look, we got this circle here at Cones. We're going to play a challenge where you have to kick the ball up in the air and you have to control it in the circle. And that, it was just cool stuff like that. You get under yeah. the training ground. And like, for people in the U.S., I think seeing is believing. And I say that in the sense of you saw with Nike Academy and with all these other parts um, of media from Adidas and Nike and also Puma what it was like over there, what these places look like, where soccer was a lot bigger, and then you're like, oh man, that's what I want to see like that. That's awesome. That that's how I looked at it was that you got access to things that you could never dream of having access to beforehand. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And honestly, if I had a time machine for us, go back two zero one four, just like that. A vast a blast in the past, but. I don't know. I'm really just looking forward to the future. Maybe Nike and Adidas will get their act right, you know? Yeah, maybe they will, man. I, I think there are definitely some good things that time. I, we also mentioned, like, after freestyles were popping off, there was free kickers, Team FK. There were – there's a channel I followed called Tembra Football where these – I forget where these guys were from. They were, like – I don't know where they filmed their videos, what country they are in, but it was yeah. a place that looked, like, really cold – and, like, the pitch they film on had this apartment building near it and then just, like, a wall on the other side of it. Like, it, it, it was it was interesting. And it's not even, like, the fun stuff, too. Like, I know that they do less of that, but just, like, I remember Adidas, they would do this thing called, like, Derby Days. Where they yeah, were like, I think I remember that, too. Yeah, yeah. like, they'd go match day, just, like, film stuff, just, like, catalog, you know, like a derby, like uh, Arsenal Tottenham, for example, and just, like, lower league things. I forget... Uh, German second division St. Pauli and uh, I forget it. My, yeah I forget. it's FC St. Pauli they're they're like the socialist club yeah the I, socialist club think, who was their I, rival do you remember I don't remember but I, I know that I think, it for I think sure. some of that I think you might be thinking of Coppa 90 and they still make really dope content I love Coppa 90's content um, so they I remember they did Derby Days and Ellie um, I, forgot, I can't I forget his last name sorry for them uh, Coppa 90's Ellie Ellie Menjum, I think he's the guy that went around and did that. He's yeah. he's um, he's he's the, he's the Australian guy. Yeah. Um, so I mean that stuff was really dope. Like and that that was content that showed you what it was like in the other parts. And also, I remember watching like KSI before he became this big <laughs> international guy. Like him him playing Ultimate Team. Yeah. Like freaking out, and I'm like, this guy's insane. And you there was like. Uh, Harry Rodershaw back then. There was like a video of him kicking his mom in the face with a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. It was it was just like it was just crazy stuff that you that you wish you kind of had now. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like it. These were before these guys blew up, and it didn't feel plastic. It didn't feel manufactured. Sure. Now a lot of stuff feels kind of manufactured, um, and like it it was you saw the collision of overseas soccer culture with soccer culture here. And it just meshed so well. And it was the time, like, also MLS had MLS Insider. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember watching those. Those were great. Like, Judah Friedlander, mm-hmm. who's the voice of, um, what's, what, it, it's the guy that wears the hats on 30 Rock all the time. I don't even watch 30 Rock a lot. But oh, Judah, no. Judah Friedlander, yeah. um, 
Oh yeah, Frank. Mm-hmm. Frank Rossitano on a fucking Thirty Rock man. That yeah. was like he voiced those. He was the VO for those. So that was that was what was dope about about that stuff. I love that content. And I missed out on the Prime KSI. I know that you mentioned him. I missed out on that. I know he's an Arsenal fan. That's really for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I missed on him. I wish I got to see that more. But yeah, art, yeah. But the end things off, man. Twenty fourteen. I know that I know that I know that I keep mentioning that, but that's something that I really wish would be recreated. I guess just to yeah, you know, branch out for sure, for sure. I, I hopefully we'll have another time like that. I think it's different when you're an older older cat and you're not younger anymore. But I will say this: you know, there's a lot of things that we probably have yet to see with marketing. And yeah, sure. like it's the TikTok generation where we got all these kids that really want to have stuff really quick. But I know for our sake, I hope that people market to us and make some longer stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of very marketable players out there for sure. Yeah. I just think it's been tough with COVID. The U.S., you know, we got Pulisic playing over in England and then you have like when they come from national camps, no one's there. Like, you know, you just can't market mm-hmm. these guys right now. So we'll see how that pans out. My we'll prediction is that it'll probably, you know, in a year from now, it'll be a different ball game. But for right now, I think we got thankful we got Madden on TV, so it is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I mentioned the free kickers and all the YouTube stuff. I think that was kind of the last thing. I just remember. Um, oh, do you remember to end it off? Remember the Adidas's Robo leg that spun around and hit the ball. I, at their I, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. So that I remember that was like a, you're like what? <laughs> um, to end off, I know I said that enough on the last bit. I do remember um, there were writers in the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal. I think it was kind of both because those were newspapers my parents both got when I was growing up. And my mom would always clip out – or not clip out. She'd set aside telling me about soccer articles to read. And so that was kind of the first part of my – my family's assimilation into soccer culture mm-hmm. where they were looking at stuff and I was looking at stuff. And I'll tell you what, we both have our disdain for Peacock in some ways, but I will say this before Peacock, uh, there was Fox soccer network. And if you're real OG, you remember that. Yeah. Um, that, those were the golden days, man. Warren Barton, Eric Ronaldo and Rob Stone kicking it on a Saturday and Sunday morning. There was nothing better than that. Hmm. Um, and in everything and then there was ESPN you had uh, Ian Dark and Steve McManaman about um, and so now I know Sky Sky in England had, does so much more but uh, for me man those were those were what really helped me like get into the game were those things and when you, when that's the case you, you wish that stuff was still there but um, here's to here's to more of that hopefully soon you know what I'm saying here's to streaming now that you mentioned here's that here's to streaming yeah, here, yeah. Here's, here's to watching the World Cup on our yeah, that, that's all. that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> for a whole nother day about stream. I could talk about streaming services for literally an hour but I will spare it all maybe for another episode <laughs> well guys thanks for watching uh, it's I'm not gonna lie to you TC it's been pretty slow lately in the soccer world there's not a lot of drama going on the transfer window was pretty quiet um so we're going to have to see. Uh, we're trying to get some people lined up to come on interview-wise and exactly. everything like that. So we'll, uh, Stay tuned. we'll see y'all later. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. All right. Peace out, everyone. Peace. Peace.